And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. Uh, really, really excited to be here. I am one of your hostesses with the mostesses, Lauren Conway of Innovate Her KC. I do have to mention this episode of Startup Hustle podcast is sponsored by the Economic Development Corporation of KC Mo. And they do a lot of work in the Kansas City area to support what we call the dreamers and doers in this great city of Kansas City. They have a variety of programs, uh, including Launch KC and KC Up. They just do amazing, incredible work to support our entrepreneurial ecosystem. So to learn how the EDC KC can help you launch, visit edckc.com. Uh, love them, love them a lot. <laughs> uh, so with us today, oh, I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, so we have Sarah Shipley. Hi, Sarah. Sarah is CEO of Shipley Communications, um, and she is probably one of the more brilliant human beings I know. Um, I don't know that I have ever introduced a topic of discussion that she didn't know at least something about, usually a lot about, um, and we have a lot of really great conversations. But today, we are going to be picking her, her internal brain trust, and we're going to be talking about startup grants. Um, she is an expert in communications, crisis communications. She's an expert in funding. She's an expert in startups and in all of these things. But we wanted to zero in on this funding piece and this funding opportunity because we we just know that a lot of people really struggle with it. So so we're going to hop right into it. And I just want to say, Sarah, thank you so much for being with us here on the show. Oh, you know, this is great. So uh, <laughs> this is fun um, because we're talking about funding and everybody needs money, um, everybody. And so yeah. to give some background, I was looking at the last quarter, right? And I think I wrote grants around Q4, uh, 2250000 and some change for people. And it was a slog. It was fun. <laughs> but it was very, very targeted, right? And yeah. so that's anything from NIH to some small business grants to some local grants. And um, it's fun to do and everyone wants money, but you must be prepared. So I guess we're just going to. Well, so, so really quick, let's, let's dial it back. Okay. First off, I, I'd actually, I want to hear a little bit more about you. Uh -huh. So, so talk to us just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little about bit. Your, your background and kind of how you came to be an expert in startup funding. Well, that's pretty easy. I had to fund myself a few times, right? <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm an a entrepreneur at heart, and I have had to raise from, oh, uh, for, for all the organizations I've worked with. And so I learned, I've been doing this since the 90s. I just told my age, right? And I read the Federal Register for fun now um, to see where the money's going, how it's being spent, um, you know, 
cash flow, right? So, yeah. so that's how I that's how I learned about it because I had to. Well, and that and that's truly the entrepreneurial way. Like most entrepreneurs I know, they get started because they experienced a problem themselves and then wanted to help people find an easier, better, more efficient way to do something. So you're such a nerd and you're such an entrepreneur. Like, and, and I say nerd with like the most love in my heart. <laughs> oh, I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd plus a wonk. Yeah. Like that, what that? Yeah, you definitely. I've had situations where Sarah has like called me and she's been like, "Yeah, I just totally read this like legislative bill, all you know, six hundred pages of it." I'm like, "I'm really glad that you did that, so I don't have to." Thank you. Can you just give me the synopsis? Uh, so that that's always been a lot of fun. <laughs> so so you you are an expert. You came to your expertise through your own personal experience, which I think is really fantastic. Um, but talk to us a little bit about talk to us about startup funding and startup grants. Like, what are some of the more important salient points for our listeners who may or may not be experts? What are what are some of the things that that you'd like to kind of establish as our base of conversation for today? Sure, absolutely. So. When funders, when founders come to me and they need funding, um, first, the first thing I say is, what are you going to use it for? Yeah. Right. You know, um, do you have your business plan ready? Are you prepared for funding? If you got $20 million, would you be able to handle it? What does right. your back office look like? Right. And so we talk a lot about their needs and their wants. And if there's a first time, um, a founder, small business, or um, tech founder, whatever, the first thing, if they've never received money before, and they're just going after funding, I tell them to go small, to go to, to keep it little, build credibility over time, get some small wins, and then go for larger wins. So that's one of the first things we talk about. But the other thing that a lot of people in the startup life, I mean, you are zigzagging your way through startups. Right. So right. You do one thing, you change to do the next, you pivot, you pivot, you pivot. And when you're doing that, oftentimes, maybe you're doing your finances on a spreadsheet or a Google form. Wait, wait. Is, that, is that a bad thing? Yeah. Well, you know, finance is important. Right. 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 <laughs> and so um, really taking a hard look, like open up your spreadsheet, open up your books. Um, if it's basically filled with pieces of paper and like shredded receipts, you're not ready for funding yet. You really yeah. have to have your, your ducks in a row and be organized um, and, and, know, and know where the money flow is going so that um, people will fund you because they're going to look at your books. If you get over $750,000 for the government, you're going to have a single audit. That single audit is not going to be fun if you're not together, right? right? And if you don't know, oh, a government accounting standards, aka the rules of the yellow book. Let's get okay. super wonky, right? Um, oh, do you know that the yellow book, by the way, its nickname is Gaga's? Okay, <laughs> right. So like I are... immediately jumped to Lady Gaga, but what, but what is the yellow book? Um, it is basically your your accounting standards for government funding. Okay. Yeah. So so we're talking a little bit about what potential grantors 
are looking for. Um, you know, you talked about building credibility mm -hmm. and I'd be curious to delve a little bit more deeply into that. You talked about, you know, you have to be organized and make sure that your finances, not only that your finances are organized, but that you're able to communicate that mm -hmm. um, really well to potential grant. Because the fact is like, it, it totally makes sense. Like grantors want to know that if they give you money, that you're gonna be able to handle, you know what to do with it and you're gonna steward it well. Right. That's essentially what it boils down to. So, so the question is, what, what are some of the other things that funders look for when they are looking to award a grant? Um, they look for your messaging to line up. So, okay. um, so if it's private, if you're doing private funding, so let's say outside of government funding, like there are many foundations and many organizations, I mean, that give small uh, business grants to, um, well, to, to small business. Right. And yeah. so they will look that your um, that your website and your social and your LinkedIn it is all moving in the same direction as the same message that your that your um, grant application yeah. does. They will look at your um, advisory group. Okay, right. I mean, they take a hard look because they're putting money into you, and they want you to win as much as you want to win, and they don't want to look bad. Yeah. Right. So you want to have you want to have good people around you, mm -hmm. you have strong processes and procedures, mm -hmm. strong messaging mm -hmm. and your finances need to be tight. Right. And that, some, right yeah, that, that, is, that is it. And sometimes yeah. in the early startup stages, you might not want money. You think you right. do. Right. But you have to think about what you really need. Do you need money? Do you need mentorship? Do you need um, a social network, if you don't want to have one developed, um, do you need niche help? Yeah. And, and then that's where you try to find your funding, right? So is it accelerator? Is it incubator? Is it some sort of network program, like an angel network work program that you want to get into? And right. then from there, when you kind of do an assessment of all of your needs, then you can start really, and clean up everything, then you can really start looking for funding. Yeah. So, so those are all kind of the, the high level things that grantors are looking for. So, so what are some of the tactical pieces that you would need to be able to provide? So like, for instance, you mentioned a business plan yes. and I know that every single time I talk to people about it, they're like, do you have a business plan? And I'm like, huh, you know, in my head, uh, <laughs> but like, clearly we're talking about one that you put down on paper, but what are some of the, the more tactical pieces? Cause really you have to be prepared to be examined with a fine tooth comb, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. what supporting documents, what sp processes are these funders specifically looking for? Well, they are specifically looking to make sure that you have a bank account for the business and not your own personal one, like those type of things. They wanna make sure that your company has an EIN, right? The, all these tax identification numbers and, and these little things um, can just, well, that can tank you, right? Yeah. So you need to have a real business with a real bank account, with a real tax identification number, with a real business plan, and you and you have to have an idea of what you would do with the funding. So, okay. so talk to us a little bit more about that when you say like what you would do with the the funding. Are we talking about um, you know one of the things that I've heard is that grantors don't tend to like funding certain types of operations. Um, you know, they don't really love funding staff and things like that. Is, is that true? Uh, well, not in 
on the nonprofit side, yes, there's a, a okay. usually a negotiated overhead rate, right? Um, with the SPI, with the NSF, um, there's a de minimis rate, so it's usually of 10%. Um, but then there, there, there are you can negotiate other things as well. I mean, everything's negotiable, right? Um, yeah. The um, but for the small business um, grants. Usually they are to accelerate the business and can be used for staff. Okay. Right. So, so talking about that scalability piece, what are what are some other things that um, you might put on the docket for a, a grant to fund? Well, one of the things I learned from the world of transportation grant writing, which is a whole different animal, is um, <laughs> the idea of having shovel-ready product projects. So okay. um, like if you had an extra five grand, what would you do? Write that out as part of your business model. If you had an extra 10, if you had a 15, if you had a million, right? What would you do with those? And then um, it, it is easier to get specific product or pieces or business lines funded than it is to get an, an idea funded. So yeah. I try to fund the evolution of a business as it grows. Okay. So when you are, when you're, you're thinking about potentially going after funding, mm -hmm. um, if you, if you could give any advice to, to our listeners and like, have that be the key takeaway for today, what, what would you, what would you have them do or say, or think about before moving forward? Well, there's a few things, a lot of them, but I will. I, I'm um... not at all surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, my favorite things that I tell uh, new businesses or businesses that are looking at funding for the first time, I say, use a little bit of game theory and don't go for the blonde, which is the Nash equilibrium. I know. I know. I, it's one of my <laughs> favorites. But the idea is, is um, it's from A Beautiful Mind, right? The movie mm -hmm. is a Nash equilibrium. But by the way, the movie got the math wrong. So, but that's another thing. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. But the yeah, idea <laughs> but the idea is you have all these small businesses and nonprofits as well. I guess it's, it's for everyone. They want to go for the giant. They want to go for the gates. They want to go for all these huge organizations for huge amounts of funding. And it's th the likelihood that you're going to get that is very, very small. So yeah. start small, right? Go for the brunettes and the redheads. We get no attention. <laughs> uh, and then, have a I'm just sitting here like. <laughs> it's like the most sexist conversation ever, but you know. Hey, you started it. That's, that's how it relates in the movie. But anyway, but, yeah. but you know, start, start over here, you know, build up credibility and, and then go for larger block grants. So, so seeking out those smaller organizations, smaller grant amounts, like, you know, a couple grand here, a couple grand there before you go for the big kahuna, like the, the really well-known national grants where they're going to give you $250,000 in one fell swoop. Is that kind of... Or one point two, right? I mean, you really want to you build. See, I, I love that we're like talking about different scales and degrees because to me, like 250 grand, like that's a ton of money. And you're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sure. Okay. All right. Well, well, I like that. So, so once you have determined you like you, let's pretend that you're an organization and you have your books in a row, your messaging's on point, like you have all of this ready. 
um, you know, you kind of know what you want to do. Well, you really know what you want to do with the funding. What are some of the other things that you need to remember as you're actually get, like you're, you're filling out applications and you're looking for organizations to apply to? What are some of the, the best practices that you found to, to do that, to really actually implement? Sure. So best practices would be to not uh, buy off more than you can chew. So okay. I tell my clients to pick their list of, you know, no more than 10. No yeah. more than 10 funding um, mechanisms to apply to, right? And okay. uh, make sure they're targeted. Make sure it's a very narrow focus. If you have deep, deep tech or tech transfer or innovation projects that could that could scale, definitely go with NSF, right? Or if yeah. you have, uh, but there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other institutions that are willing to do grant making, and you can use that to um, test an idea, to um, to build out a product line. Those, those are all available resources. The thing that kills grants, I can give an example, one that just happened. Yeah. Um, the grant rules are very specific. When they say Arial or Roman 11 point, no smaller XYZ margins, and you yeah. mess that up, you might've spent 80 hours writing an NIH grant and then the client wants to add a little bit, makes the font a little bit smaller, it gets rejected. It's those wow. little <laughs> things, the little things. So read the directions, always do it ahead of time because a lot of websites will crash. Things crash, things happen, right? Sure. Don't do it the day of. Um, those are the technical things. And don't lie. That makes me nuts. Um, I drop clients so fast when they lie. You, it's you ridiculous. Lie? <laughs> Pardon me? You see that a lot? All the time. Oh my God. Like people just kind of like trying to pad their credentials to like, oh wow. Yeah, that, that would be rough. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Drop it like a hot potato. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so so you mentioned um, you, throughout, you kind of talked about a couple of different, at least a couple of different sources where people could go to find grants, but what are some other really good ones? Um, you actually introduced me to, well, this was for, I think for nonprofit grants, but you've introduced me to a couple of tools. I know that you have a bunch in your back pocket. What are, what are the best tools and resources to use to find grant making opportunities? Well, I mean, honestly, you could, you can Google grants for small business and you'll get probably a thousand hits, right? Yeah. But then you have to, you have to deep dive through all those. So I use, um, well, I have, I have a list that I've developed myself, but there's anything from NSF to um, National Association for the Self-Employed to like Idea Cafe, um, Global Innovation Exchange Funding Database. That's another one. I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff out there. So yeah, it's really, it's, it's find your niche, right? Like, who are you as the founder? Who right. are you as a business? Uh, find the, you know, get, get your Venn diagram going on, find the center and then focus on that. And then that's how you're going to search for funding. Yeah. Well, and, and so one of the things that I do want to note, you know, our, our episode sponsor today is the Economic Development Corporation of Casey Mo, and, and they are, I know that they're an incredible resource for entrepreneurs in our area. You know, they've got programs like Launch KC and KC Up, but um, I know that they do a lot of on the ground work with entrepreneurs to help them, you know, fund themselves and, and uh, you know, do 
all kinds of work. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, idea development, everything from that to, to exiting. So they, they do a really incredible job. Have you, have you ever, um, have you ever worked with organizations like that, kind of these entrepreneurial support organizations to help bring grant funding? Absolutely. So I, I've worked with them before. Um, I've oh, helped write a grant with them. So, I mean, they're a great organization. I know I think they've um, done something like one billion in funding since their start. So, yeah. I mean, that's just representative of so much commerce in our area and so much deal flow. And I just, I love it. Like they, they do a really amazing job um, in their work. Well, well, that's, that's really cool. Just, uh, just a quick note. If you are in the Kansas city area looking for support as an entrepreneur, you should definitely check out the economic development corporation of KC Mo. Um, they, they just do so much work to support the dreamers and doers of Kansas city. And, and, um, we just wholeheartedly love them and the support that they have for, for entrepreneurs in our region. Um, so, so that it kind of begs a, a, an interesting next question, and I'm curious, um, what are some of the the resources that you have personally used um, in order to to learn about grant funding? Like not just where to go to find grants, but where where did you when you were doing your research? What were some of the best resources that you found to educate yourself? Oh, this is so boring. I'm so sorry <laughs> to say this, but I, no, I mean. <laughs> I go through 990s. I go through tax records. I read the Federal Register. I read the CFR. I read, um, I mean, I, it's like I'm a private investigator of numbers and wonkiness, right? Yeah. And I try to figure out, okay, the federal government is on this side and they're distributing money this way and this is how it's distributed down the chain and how can you figure out how to weave in. And on the other side, you have... Um, large companies or um, innovation firms that are looking for a check transfer or something else. And then you just, you, you go through their 10 Ks, you go through their SEC reports. I mean, I, I do a lot of um, really boring reading. I think it's fascinating actually, but I'll go through and I'll figure out, okay, this person manages the innovation fund. The innovation fund has X amount of dollars in it. It's funded these other organizations in the past. Is it a good fit? Yes. I'm going to call the innovation manager. There. Yeah. So, so it, 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 that's, that's really interesting because like, at least in the nonprofit world, like I've always heard that it's a good thing to cultivate relationships with funding institutions. Like don't let your hand out and your hat, like, please put money, give me money. Like, don't ever let that be the first time you have interacted with with the decision makers and the folks who are involved with these organizations so the same is the, it, that holds true with startup grant absolutely making. so uh, so the reason i think that i'm in that i've been able to fund or find funding or be the yenta for fundraising or whatever is um i am totally calling you that from now, from now on. i just want you to know i'm calling you that from now on continue <laughs> yes is because on thursdays um, I, I call it thankful Thursdays. I, I need a better word for it, but I will write cards. I will send emails. I will just call people and I'm not selling anything. I'm just learning what they want and what their needs are so right. that if I find a fit, I can match it. And I have a master. I've been doing this for this piece for over 17 years. So I have a list that I've just been, that's my deals. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, we're, and we and the thing is it's 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 mutually beneficial i mean we're helping each other grow right right it's, it's wonderful and so if they see something come across their you know desk they'll send it to me and i'll say hey let me see if i can find a match for that yeah yeah that's awesome that's yeah. awesome um so all right i mean i'm going to take it back a little bit because so we've kind of talked through what you need to have in place. We've talked about some places that you could go to find resources, grants to apply to, things like that. Um, but now we are, we're putting together our application. And I mean, each one is gonna vary according to the needs of the, the grant making organization. And it's gonna vary according to who you are as a grant grantee. Um, but what are some, some universal truths about grant applications? Like what is the, the hard and fat, like what's the stuff that you are always going to have to have? Well, you're going to, you're going to have to have a well-written well application. So spell sure. check is good, right? Um, a compelling story. Okay. Right. And what um, makes story compelling? Well, the, usually a founder's journey. Okay. Or the story of the economic impact of whatever your your tech is going to do. Yeah. I mean, compelling, right? Right. And um, don't oversell. Okay. Interesting. It, it almost, it, like, I, it kind of goes along with that, like, don't lie on your application piece. But I almost feel like that's kind of at odds with what most um, startup founders, most startup founders are really, really good at passionately speaking about what they do. But we're also, we also tend to be pretty good at hype because, you know, we're always hashtag killing it, even though what we're doing is really, really hard. Right. Well, um, so that's really interesting. Yeah. If you're hashtag killing it, um, you probably just bought your first startup t-shirt and have a lot of stickers. I mean, that is how I feel about that. I definitely say that, like you say that to me and I have like 8,000 stickers on my laptop. So thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so, so we're in the application phase and we, we finally hit the submit, but just real talk when you're about to hit the submit button, do you like break out into the cold sweats? Cause I totally do. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a cool cucumber. It's ridiculous. Hashtag life goals. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so you've hit submit and your, your grantor has looked at your application and they have awarded you the money. What's next? Well, there's usually a negotiation. Well, they're not going to award it to you just yet. Right. So just a step. Tell us about the step. <laughs> yeah. So usually there's a contract involved and you go through everything from can you use their name on things like what does PR look like? What does a win look like? How you can use their money. So um, you can, if, if, it's, if you have to use a Buy America Act for all your purchases. I mean, they're, it, it, they get into the details. Then you have um, reporting. So is it quarterly reports? Um, is it one final report? Uh, what happens if it doesn't go well? What happens if it fails? Yeah right? Those type of things. And then um, you negotiate and then you, you sign your contract. Okay. So to protect this relationship, because ideally, like you, as you said earlier, like you've started small, mm -hmm. but then you hope to grow that funding year over year, like there's always that potential, right? So mm -hmm. you want to steward this funding really, really well. So what are some of the things that you look out for 
when you are kind of coming to this agreement and these stipulations and this reporting relationship that you are, are hoping to enter into, what are some things you need to look at to protect both yourself and your organization, but then also make sure that the relationship is mutually beneficial so that next year um, they might fund you again? Like, what are some of the the pitfalls you need to look out for? What are some of the best practices? Well, I would say most of those, after the contract is signed, most of the pitfalls happen in reporting and communication. Yeah. And so, for example, if you're going to be a week late on a report, don't just duck and cover. Call the manager or call the, the program officer or, yeah. or the funding officer and say, I'm going to be a week late. I'm very sorry. Right? Yeah. Or... Um, we we had an issue and I accidentally bought XYZ with XYZ money, right? Yeah. I have accounted for it in my accounting system. It is documented, but just be upfront and clear communications. Yeah. And just and then don't tell them always about the wins because they don't expect that all the time, right? You become unbelievable and your credibility is gone. Tell yeah. them about where, where some of the where some of your losses are or where some of your big rocks are you have to jump over. Right. And then they, they can probably help you. I mean, these are huge networks of people that can help. Yeah. Okay. So just be really honest. I love that. And I, and I don't think that's something that we talk about enough. Like more often than not, you know, the organizations and the people that support you, they don't expect you to be perfect, but mm -hmm. they expect you to be honest and they expect you to be accountable. Like this mistake was made. So I'm going to tell you about it, but I'm also, these are, I, I'm also going to tell you, this is what I have put into place in order to prevent it from happening again. This is what I have put into place to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I, I love that. And I, I mean, honestly, I feel like that advice, advice kind of applies to all facets of life. Like it's okay to fuck up, but you just have to make sure that you fix it. That, well, that you acknowledge it, you fix it, and then you don't do it again. Right. Like that's kind exactly. of. That is life. <laughs> right. So, it's how you build credibility. It's how you show that you're real. And it's how you, you show that you're working toward a your, the goal. And it's great. So, yeah. No, I, I, really, I really, really love that. That is, that is awesome. So, so talk to me. Talk to me. Now I, I'm going to push us through to the next step unless I'm skipping something else. You have the funding. We've kind of talked about that a little bit, like in that reporting relationship, like being accountable. Um, but how do you, what are some other ways that you would tell our, our listeners to steward those funds well? Um, do not buy a Tesla with your funding that you get I, as a startup. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But, I mean, you steward it well by creating an economic value for an entire country. That's what you do, yeah. right? That's okay. the goal. So, and create the value, create the business, create the product, create the jobs, put people to work, do what you say you're gonna do, and it's a win. Right. Um, that's, that's a how, lot. I just, I just wanna point out, like, that's a lot of responsibility to put on one funding relationship. Like, I'm not saying it's unwarranted, but like, that's, that's a lot of responsibility, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can look at the really like the micro level, right? Or you can look yeah. at the high level. I mean, small business runs our country. Like we, right. we do this. This is our job. Like we get to stimulate the economy and have economic benefit for all by using some non-dilutive government funding or some innovation funding from other companies, right? Right. So, and it's a, it's, a, it's a high trust relationship. Yeah. And 
and it's for the good of everyone. I just got really like patriotic there over small business. But you know me. <laughs> I'm like the, the national anthem is running in my head right now. Like, yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so who's an example so that we actually kind of talked a little bit about this before we hit the, the on air button. And, and I love it when I have these conversations with folks who are on the show, but like, I'm like, no, we're going to talk about that later. Cause I want everybody to hear about it. Um, tell me about some folks who are doing it right. So my favorite example is Emily Brown. Um, yeah. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Love her. And she's an innovator, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's, she's great. Yeah. And so she um, has an interesting story, which I'll try to tell very quickly. But she, I met her probably six or seven years ago um, when I was a social, uh, I don't know, VP of social innovation for a foundation. And she walked into my office and she said she wanted to start a nonprofit. And I was like, okay, let's, let's talk. And she told me her story. It was the most compelling story. So her daughters were diagnosed with severe food allergy and yeah. she um, was on WIC and SNAP and using food pantries. Well, none of the food pantries had food available for her daughters. So they had no like gluten-free, they had no allergy-free food and a lot of it was co-mingled. So she could not feed her daughters. So she went to, I can't remember how many food pantries that day. At the last food pantry, they gave her two potatoes and a jar of salsa. Yeah. And like she sat in her car and like cried. And, you know, as you would do as a parent, if you couldn't feed your kids, right? Right. And then she quickly realized that nobody had resources, nobody. And so she, year over year, she started the nonprofit um, I've been working with her for six years. She started with nothing, right? And she also, mind you, she's an African-American female that is not from Kansas City with no social network. So that you're starting very, very, very from scratch. She yeah. was able to build year over year an organization that was able to serve Hundreds and hundreds of people went from zero to, I think, 1.7 million in funding. And, yeah. but, but she trusted the process. She started small. She built credibility. And then she got bigger. She starts now. She has NIH pilots going on right. um, in Stanford, I think, in Chicago and in Texas. And she's proving that her organization can grow and scale. And that she did all the right things. She kept the font at the right size. She turned in the documents at the right size. She found her top 10. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful example. Well, and so, so I, and I think it's important to note that not only that, because she trusted the process, she, she has now, um, she, she has a lot of saturation within the food allergy community as a whole. Like she's actually tapped as a thought leader at a national policy level on, on the work that she's doing. And I have to imagine that at least part of that is because she has gained so much credibility so much knowledge like that not only is she securing funding but she's also securing kind of that personal social capital that allows her to do her job better right she's an authority on food allergies and and food pantries and food insecurity in in the in countrywide nationwide yeah, yeah. yeah. and if anyone from the biden campaign is listening <laughs> if you do have a national food security council Emily Brown needs to be on it. Thank you. That's my damn straight. That's right. Let's promote those innovators. Right. Um, 
Okay. Well, so so we're 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 coming up on time, and I, I I've asked this question a couple of different ways, but I I just think that it's really important, and I know that you have so much knowledge to give. Um, but my 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 question is this: like, if you were to, if you had a startup founder sitting in front of you, and they say, "I want to go for money, I want to I want to try to raise some money through through grant funding," what what are some of the other things that you would tell them, like things that they need to look out for? Because um, yeah, you're you're just so damn smart. Like you just have you have so much knowledge to give, and I just don't I like I don't ever want to stop this conversation, but at some point we're gonna have to. So. Sure. So what would I tell them? Um, the first thing I would ask them, I would say, let me see your books. Yeah. And if they say no, we're not going to work together. Right. That's just like, you have to be open and transparent. Right. Right. Okay. One, yeah. I mean, that's it. Let me see your books. Show me, show me your books. Show me your books. I actually think that that's a hashtag on social, but it's related to reading. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So show me your books. Um, you said, you said something and I, and I love this, like trust the process. Mm -hmm. Like we've been talking about process this whole way through, but I can see where, you know, sometimes founders, we get impatient. We're like, I want it. I want it now. I want it right this very second. But you've talked about, you know, starting small, building credibility with these organizations, making sure that you're not running before you can walk kind of deal. Right. So I really love trust the process as a trust piece of process. And not everything has to be a moonshot, right? Yeah. You can be working over here on your company while you're grant writing, you're just taking it up a notch on this side. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't all have to be a hundred percent all the time, right? You have to have some slack in the system and you know what? Non-dilutive funding from entities helps you get that slack. You just have to take yeah. a pause and, and think about it, you know? Yeah. So, so that, wait, so this question actually just popped into my head. Um, so I almost feel like one of the value props of starting small is I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm just making a very instinctive guess here, but I feel like it would be much easier to go for a large organization for the first time than be like rejected and have to go back again and like rebuild that credibility. So maybe by starting small and, and starting, you know, with three $2,000 grants, like it almost gives you an opportunity to practice, right? Mm -hmm. Is that true? It's like, true. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not, you're, you're going to practice and you're going to get rejected. And one of the best things about getting rejected is asking for an exit interview on why you were rejected. And sometimes they won't give them to you, but sure. when you get them from the NIH or you get them from the NSF, they are amazing. Yeah, I think are these awesome. detailed documents that tell you exactly what you did wrong and where the holes are and where, where your blind sides are. Yeah. And if you can get those for the small organizations, that's great too. Like an honest, honest review, like a red team review. Right. You want to know where the holes are. And you can learn from rejection. I learn from rejection every day. You know, it's, yeah. it's good. Well, and I, I mean, I think that that's awesome. Like particularly those institutions, like I, I'm talking to those institutions right now, like that would be amazing if you had the capacity to do that every time, because that way you can come back next year and you have fixed the whole, and not only does it help you secure the grant funding, but it, it helps you more often than not become a better business, right? Absolutely. Stronger, stronger in what you're doing. That's yeah. one of the things I do with some of my clients where I'll take their rejection letters, right? And yeah. we'll, we'll work out like, what are the four things you need to work on? Right. And then we will put that um, as some of their milestones. And when they fix one of those things, they write that, that um, 
well, let's say program manager, right? Yeah. Or, and they'll say, this was in your letter. Thank you so much for letting me know. This is how we fix it. I can't wait to talk to you next year. It's another added touch point. And say you have four touch points along the way. You've done everything they told you to do. You right. do the application again. Ah, voila. Well, and how great does it look that they see that you can be like, you can fail and still be held accountable. Like it's just yet another demonstration that like, Hey, you told me where I messed up. I fixed it. And so it is more likely when you see evidence of that, it is, it becomes more likely that once I have your money in my hot, greedy little hand, I'm going to be able to do the same, own it, fix it. Don't do it again. Right. right. Show your co show that you're coachable. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I love that. Um, so we have now come up to the human question. And I'll be honest, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I'm looking around the office. You know that I'm not human. Just like you, you are superhuman. Like I, I challenge any one of our listeners uh, to reach out to Sarah Shipley and find a topic that she doesn't know anything about. Like it's, it's ridiculous. We, we had a, an innovate her Casey, um, we had an Innovate Her KC party a while back and she's sitting there in the corner talking to, to a group of us with like rapt attention on her. And she's talking about like chaos theory and game theory and stuff. And just like, and it was fascinating and I have no idea how we got on the topic. It was so random. Um, but you know, that's the, that's the level of brain that we're talking about here with Sarah Shipley. Um, okay. So my, my question is this, um, I really, really want to know what you're reading right now. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm not necessarily talking like that policy wonk bullshit that you're so into. I'm like, ugh, gross. Uh, but but yeah, what are, what are you reading right now? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I'm reading a book called, um, let's see, I have to remember my exact name, but I think it's called The Joy of Prime. And it's about prime numbers and mathematical theory. All right. Not at all shocking to me. Well, and you've 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 written a you've written a book. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you mentioned this, but it, it's it's about uh, prime numbers, right? Right. Uh, well, it's for it's for kids. So it's yeah. But also it's the Matilda Matilda. Matilda. Prime number club is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, but I really enjoy theoretical mathematics. And so, for example, mind blown, I'm really interested in how many times you'd have to shuffle a deck of cards back and forth. To get back to the same deck. Oh my so God! Same is thing. Answer to that question. Oh, is there an answer to that question? I don't there know. There is. Okay. It's a long answer. We'll have to save that for something a nerdy, nerdy. Okay. Time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, well, I gotta tell you, Sarah. Um, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today, and I hope that our listeners like. I feel like we kind of took you through a a we took you on a funding journey from, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I know that I want to go for a startup grant to what it looks like when you've got the moolah cha-ching in your pocket. So so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your expertise. This has been great. Oh, it's it's great fun. Um, one party note. Yes. Don't <laughs> lie, never lie to the feds. That's all. Never, never, yeah, I feel like that's, that's really good advice and it's very all encompassing. Like, nice. 
never, never lie, never lie to the feds. Uh, all right. Uh, also, do you want to take a moment to thank our episode sponsor, uh, the Economic Development Corporation of KCMO? They do really incredible work. Um, so their tagline, I don't know if you know this, but their tagline is actually, let's grow KCMO, which I think is something we can all get behind. Um, it represents that tagline. They say that it represents how they work with businesses, large, small, just starting to uh, to grow in, in Kansas City. Like they, they just do so much to support our economic development. Um, they're very aptly named. And you can learn more about the EDCKC at edckc.com. So thank you, EDCKC, you rock. Um, it has been lovely uh, being here with you today for the Startup Hustle podcast, folks. Thank you so much for taking the time to stop in with us, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.